Hey man, oh six oh five eight four double two five zero. That's the WhatsApp voice note number right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide. Good evening, welcome to the show. It's the second of December. Welcome to a brand new month. As we count down to say goodbye to twenty nineteen. And we're just the penultimate round before the Christmas break looming. Action in the Absa Premiership is getting fiercer and fiercer. Coaches' hot seats are burning, I can tell you. Every passing 90 minutes. Gashisa. Very, very little separates the teams at the, at the moment on the log. This past weekend, no different. A couple of teams lost. Lots of draws. Yo! Also some very boring games. My goodness. Not forgetting Mobility Sundowns as well as Budvestovitz were in action in the CAF football. So we can never ever lose track on uh, those that are representing on the African continent. We have now uh, big games now. Yeah? This is serious league now. Now we're going to Casa, Algeria, the final. Vets lose four big games. We need we need them back. Uh, we need Dennis back. We need Tapelo back. We need Temba Zwane back. And we won't have Gaston for local league, but we'll have them. We'll have Gaston for those ones. So we need our soldiers back. Musa Libusa had a tight hamstring. Sometimes I take a risk. I said no, out of this game, m- m- much better to have him in Casa than here. Here we are playing home, make him rest. I need Musa there because you know there's a lot of crosses, a lot of corner kicks and free kicks. It's tough there. So you need the big boys. You need the soldiers for that. And then. Uh, Games, those games are the games for Musa. Those are games for, for for Sugar Mabunda in the midfield. It's not a game for passing and be passing and passing. It's, it's a totally different personnel. I, I know my personnel for that match. Okay, uh, at this point in time, I'll be a little bit selfish. I'd like to have zero plus three uh, goals difference and three points. So why should I want one zero, which is tough? You know, I'd like three nil. I mean, then you... You should be top of the lock and you have goals. Because you understand we're going to go to goals also. So, uh, yes. If you score two more, you would probably have eliminated this team, even though the six games. You would put them in a position to be eliminated because they still have to. You know, when you have. when you, Let's say we scored. Let's say if we scored five. If the points are the same, then it means they would have scored six to be, to be on, on plus one. I would have to score five more to be on zero. And where are you going to score five more? Uh, here in, in Casablanca or in Algeria? No, there's no plus five. You cannot score five goals there. Even ourselves, I don't think we can. To be brutally honest, I, I think if anybody was watching this on TV, I think they would have changed the chance. I don't think the pitch really helped either team to try and play football today. I think. Both teams were really forced into playing ugly football, long football, try and play off the second ball. It was extremely difficult. But yeah, today it was all about fighting, aggression, winning the second ball, and Thule was always going to be a handful, the long ball over the top. And I thought we dealt with that very, very well. Defensively, we were well-structured, well-organized. I just think it was a very rugged game. It was a very, it was a brawl. I think everybody wanted wanted it so badly that it was really a, 
it was you could see the the the, the Cape Town City players have stepped up with the, with the physicality within the game. They they really get stuck in and they try and win every ball. And that's that's our game. You know, we 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 a hard team. We fight for everything, and I think that affected the game a little bit. Um, the coach's first game at home, in charge. I think the players really wanted to to give it their all. Uh, but I also thought that when Erasmus came off, uh, you know, it sort of it sort of tones down a little bit up front. I thought he was he was really moving well and creating a lot of problems for us. If there's somebody that was going to score, it was going to be Erasmus. There's no doubt about it. I think it was more of just two minutes of madness where we considered one goal after the other. And then from there, there's very little one can say. We, we, we played the way we wanted. We had no problems except when we considered the two goals. And the rest is history. Is history. Now, when you're looking back at Barocca, you're saying the way we played against Barocca, if we had lost, it would be understandable. But having played like this today and then you're losing, it's not understandable. But we'll take the result then and go back and look after ourselves. Even, even the second half, except when they, when they push their wing backs and then they got the two goals, one after the other, we, we had complete, complete control of the game. Now it comes across as arrogant or whatever when you say there was only one team on the field. But honestly speaking, there was only one team on the field. And then the team on the field lost the match. All right, the voices there of uh, the Mamelodi Sundowns coach, uh, Pizom Simane, as well as uh, Marinsburg United coach, Eric Tinkler. Not forgetting Highlands Park, Owen de Gama and Steve Gambella. The best team losing, eh? Now, Cape Town City midfielder Tabono Dada uh, was named the winner of the September-October ABSA Premiership Goal of the Month Award. And now this is for his individual effort against the Orlando Pirates in the 3 0 draw at the Orlando Stadium in September. Well, it's been a difficult period now for the 11th place City, who have recently had a coaching change uh, with the Dutchman Jan Alderikering uh, replacing Benny McCarthy last month. Not that they're saying that they are now adapting to the new coach's philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's my first. Um, and with what we've been going through with the team, with all the emotions, I think to get something like this, you know, it's cheer, cheer me up um, and hopefully motivate the rest of the guys to keep working and uh, looking out for the best. Yeah, I don't think anyone sees our current situation as something that's permanent. You know, I think it's a temporary thing and I think it's calling on every player to look at themselves and see if there's no 5% they can add to benefit the team as a whole at the end. So in terms of, in terms of panic, no, I don't, think, I don't think anyone's panicking. I think for one type of football we're playing, the chances we're creating um, and the way we're losing the games is not, is not cause for panic at this moment, no. The first week or so I had to first deal with the emotions, you know, because the coach that left played a very vital role in where I am today. And I think once I got that out, then I was open. I was open to learning new things. I was open to giving his ideas. He's the head coach now and what he says goes, you know. And in the past two weeks, I feel like we've come a long way already. We've had a lot of work. And, um, yeah, at times you could see it in the matches where we play in phases where we understand what's going on and then something happens and we sort of lose it. But I think we're in transition and so far so good. I mean, it's, it's two draws. It's, it's two draws where I think we had chances to take to take the wins. Um, 
So all positive from here and we just keep working and hopefully when it clicks, that's what the team needs. Look Rob, uh, the game between Highlands Park and Cape Town City was an ISO. Look, uh, some of the games are not even good for the TV. I can tell you now, yes, they wanted it so badly, but it was too tactical. There was nothing that was happening there. You could just feel that this game is going to end up in a draw, the way they were playing it. Uh, look, and then going to the EPL, uh, I think it's good that uh, Jagan Klopp and uh, and the guys uh, are doing so well, and they're not now only relying on on Salah and money to get goals. Even the guys from the back, uh, like Virgil Van Dijk, are scoring goals, which is good for the team. I hope and wish that they win uh, this EPL championship this time around. Chatali Mamba here. Cheers. Bye. Evening, evening, Rob. BJ from Pretoria here. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Arsenal, the Gunners, but the way that club has been running, is been run this these days. It's like what you call a, a yo-yo club. Um, they fire a manager. They don't have a manager standing in to replace uh, uh, the guy who has been who has been who, who was sacked. Evening, Mr. Marawa. You are speaking to Pixis King says No, there's nothing much to talk about uh, about the PSL games. It's boring because it seems like. Like it's a trend that PSL games draws are guaranteed, but it's only the the win that surprises many people. That one is killing my 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 my, my passion when it comes to PSL football. Uh, EPL, I think it's done and dusted now that Manchester City drew and Liverpool won. I'm worried. Because I'm a Manchester United supporter, I think that it's time that we 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 let Ole go because he has just dismally failed to 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 bring our glory days. I think it's time that we sign Opochettino and move on before it's too late. Okay, thank you, Samson Cole. Good evening, Rob. Good evening to all the listeners of Marawa Sport Worldwide. My reaction over this week and and even today was that of Cricket South Africa. You know, it has been in the news, you know, the appointment of a new uh, director of cricket, which we are still waiting for, Graham Smith, uh, tweeting today that he is still in conversation with Cricket South Africa in terms of that and saying that uh, he is... he. Is not was not appointed. Um, uh, he in fact is not appointed as the new director of cricket of cricket South Africa. But they are still discussing, and uh, some of the you know uh, problems that he has that he still have you know uh, concerns of uh, over some issues and his demands that are not met. So, and the other issue is that of the you know revoking uh, cricket South Africa revoking accreditation uh, accreditation of uh, journalists such as Neil Manthope, Stuart Hess and all, all the others uh, they were banned from entering the cricket stadiums around South Africa during the Mzanzi Super League especially yesterday in Cape Town during the Mzanzi Super League because of uh, they wrote some articles bad articles about cricket South Africa saying that uh, uh, cricket South Africa you know is in a 
crisis and the organization saying that they wrote articles that tarnished their reputation. That's why they revoked their accreditations as journalists. So staggering news and you wonder where is the freedom of journalists in this country. So uh, please, Robert, please call Cricket South Africa CEO to come and sit with you to answer these questions of Director of Creative Robert England is coming here in December for four test matches and that is an important tour. We don't have, you know, a permanent head coach. You don't know who's going to be the, the selectors, who's going to select the team. And there's uncertainty about the future of South African cricket. So please, Robert, come, uh, call the CEO and let him come and explain this mess that we are in. Thank you very much, Robert Marawa. It's Libra here in East London. Libra, thank you so much indeed. It certainly does lead us into that because where in the world have you ever heard uh, that uh, sporting journalists banned from reporting on the game that they love, live and simply just uh, enjoy and they enjoy reporting on it. Now, welcome to South Africa. Welcome to SA 2019. Hey, journalists, Stuart Hess, Ken Borland, Neil Manthorpe, Talford Weiss, Fidoz Munda as well had the accreditations revoked by Cricket South Africa. Now, following Stuart Hess, he wasn't able to attend the Josie Stars and Paul Rock's game at the Wanderers in Joburg, while uh, Manthorpe, Munder, as well as Vice weren't granted access at Newlands to cover the Cape Town Blitz, as well as the Twine Spartans fixture. All because CSA is unhappy. They're unhappy with their reporting in various media outlets. Now, let's speak to one of those uh, scribes uh, to shed a bit of light into what he wrote, why he wrote it, and who he wrote it about. We haven't spoken to him for a while. Tough advice. Good evening. Hello, Robert. Good to, good to talk to you. Yeah, man. Craig Buzz, South Africa's correspondent, chatting to us. You weren't able to correspond much, were you? <laughs> well, actually I was, because uh, there's an old-fashioned thing which will get you into the ground. It's called a ticket. And um, if you have one of those, you can go inside. And, and that's exactly what I did. So uh, there I was, sitting in the stands, writing my story. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was corresponding much better. In fact, it was a strange kind of story. I started writing it in the stands, and then somebody learned of our plight and said, why don't you come up to our uh, hospitality box, which of course we did. That was much more comfortable, and there was power and desk space. And then somewhere through the afternoon, CSA seemed to realize the folly and arrogance and plain stupidity of what they were doing. And we were all then re-accredited. Um, so I finished my day in the press box, where I thought I was going to begin it. Um, but we only re-accredited, it seems, until this morning, because if I understood Tabang Morea correctly on, on radio this morning, yeah. he said that anyone who doesn't come and sit down and have a meeting with him will not be granted access to the grant. So, you know, it's not the first time CSA make absolutely no sense, and I fear it won't be the last. Uh, they seem to have a very warped idea of reality at the moment. They must come and sit with you to do what? <laughs> no, no, uh, we oh, must go and sit with them. Yeah, I'm I, saying, well, you, you must go and sit with, with, with CSA and, 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 it, and do what? And, talk, and discuss our work. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I'm afraid, uh, you know, Tabang Murray does not pay my salary. Um, he doesn't tell me what to do. Uh, what he thinks of my work is none of my business, essentially. Um, uh, you know, his work is. Yeah. is my business. His work is my business. I want to talk to him about his work. Um, you know, what he thinks of my work, I don't care. But what's triggered this, though, Telford? I mean, you've been you've been a critic. I've followed your work for a gazillion years, and I've always found it refreshing because I always enjoy you know, people's writing that are empowered by their opinions and their views critically or otherwise of whatever the event might be or just cricket in general or sport in general. And I've never, ever seen or heard of a problem about that. So what triggered it this time around? I think it's, it's, it's just sheer weight 
of, of the crises that CSA faces on a daily basis. They're bleeding money like you wouldn't believe. Sponsors are running in the other direction. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, governance questions. They're completely soaked in interim appointments. They're suspending high-level officials. You know, this, this is no, no good news to report. <laughs> you, can't blame, you can't blame the reporters if everything is a shambles, and they write that. Um, you know, and, and even these days when, I mean, there was, a, there was an instance last week. I was, oh, it might have been a week before that, but I noticed that there are a few former players involved with their MSL franchises, and they're not, they're not doing this for money. They're not being paid very well. And so I asked you to say, can, can you just confirm for me, I've heard that so-and-so and so-and-so are not being paid. Um, they're doing this out of the goodness of their hearts and a sense of responsibility to the game. Can you tell me about these people? And what I got back was a list of questions, uh, essentially saying, why do you want to know this? Are you asking about this? Are you asking about that? It was a direct question for a positive story. So, uh, you know, along with money, it seems CSA is running out of reality. But here you are trying to cover a story about... A, a tournament per se that has been lacking as far as fans are concerned. Uh, you, mm. you, had, you had ample space to, to go in there, buy your ticket, go and sit down. I mean, can you imagine mm. if it was a, a, a jam-packed... Uh, well, exactly. You know, th- then that would have been a problem. So the fact and that, you know, it's been a bit porous as far as that is concerned is, for me, the biggest problem to say, then you've got to ask the questions, Talbot. Surely that is part of your job. Well, we've been doing this for ages. You know, where are the crowds? Why aren't they here? Why don't you have sponsors? Why are you basically giving this thing away almost for free to, to a broadcaster who has no money? Uh, you know, all of these things, are, these are repeated questions. You ask them, but you don't get the answers. What you get are more, you get more questions. Uh, and you get your, your, your questions doubted as to why are you asking these things? Why are you asking? That's what comes back. So you don't get straight answers. Tabang Murray was on television the other day saying that the, uh, that the MSL is the second most watched T20 league in the world, which is an astounding statement. So all I asked CSA for were the figures to back up that trend, because, again, if, if you can back that up, that's a very positive story. Mm. And I got the runaround. I went from Politico's, why are you asking this? What do you mean? Why don't you know where the figures are? That, 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 that. And, and I just, even when, when you try and write a positive story, they just refuse to cooperate. I mean, I've, I've asked uh, CSA, uh, the same list of questions four times now, since October the 31st. They're related to the South African Cricket Association release of the same day in which uh, they, they detailed the problems they've had with CSA. I've asked the same questions four times. I have no response that I can use. The last response was, you are refusing to engage on this issue. I'm asking you four times. You're telling me I'm refusing to engage. What kind of nonsense is this? Cool. So that's what, that's what we're dealing with. And, and and obviously you'd be you'd be aware again, Telford, about uh, Standard Bank. You're talking about sponsors. Uh, mm-hmm. They also released a statement earlier on saying that they hope that uh, they will emerge from the meeting with CSA assured that their concerns and those of the stakeholders will be addressed speedily. So surely that in itself speaks volumes. Well, it does. And and of course, you know, we have the South African National Editors Forum issuing a strong statement this afternoon. In fact, calling on CSA to apologise to the to the journalists concerned. I don't need an apology from CSA. I just don't need them to get in the way of me doing my job, which, which that's what they're doing. So, yeah, I'm not sure what it's going to take to scare CSA into the real world. Uh, maybe it will be one of their few remaining major sponsors threatening to, to pull their money. Perhaps that will do it. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult to know what, because, like I said, they seem to be running out of reality. There just doesn't seem to be any respect for what's obvious to the rest of us. You know, they're the only people out of step in the narrative of South African cricket. 
and that's a very dangerous place to be mm. if you call yourselves the custodians of the game. Did you, what did you make of the CSA statement, though? And, and for those that uh, might not have seen it, let me just quickly read through it here. It's, it's, it's pretty short. Uh, the executive of Cricket at South Africa fully acknowledges the recent events in the media space, and despite months of experiencing unmediated attacks, including of a personal nature, we acknowledge the severity of the current mood towards our brand. We take the opportunity to unreservedly express our intention to fully address the current situation in the media, and to this end, we commit to meet the editors of the respective newspapers to address the current impasse. Now, as the custodians of cricket in South Africa, we are grateful for the unwavering support of many stakeholders, and in particular, the partners and sponsors of and the client tell who collectively sustain this great sport a lot of words does it mean anything to you uh, one of them does or, or one of them grabbed my attention unmediated attacks what does unmediated mean does it mean every time we're going to write something about CSA we need to ask them a question and bearing in mind what I've just said that every time you ask these people a question you get a question back yeah. or you don't get any reply or it takes so long and, and, and then they tell you you're not engaging now, what does unmediated mean? I don't have to run everything I'm going to write by CSA. I don't have to get their comment on everything. Uh, and, and, and even the things that I do need to get their comment on, when I try and do that, and I've got absolutely every instance of me asking them for comment in writing, because I do not trust these people. I have good reason not to trust them. Why, why um, don't you I, trust them? Because they've, they've spent three years trying to get me fired previously. Um, so that not this, not this regime. Um, and, and, you know, I've got undertakings from the current media officer that he was going to address something, then he doesn't. And then when you ask him for it, he tells you, he argues with you that he was going to address it. So, you know, how, how do you possibly trust these people? How do you work with them? I don't know. To try to get you they, fired from your job? Oh, yes, for three years. Um, for for doing what, Telford? Well, the same thing, reporting. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. a much more insidious campaign. That was when Harun Logat was still the chief executive. Um, sure. And, you know, and, and I, was, I was basically, I wasn't, they didn't remove my accreditation because, you know, that would be, that would be hitting somebody where the bruises would show. What they did was they removed me from all the email lists. Um, I never got a press release. I, I couldn't get comment out of it. And my email calls were just ignored. But what these people don't understand, what that uh, regime didn't understand, what this regime doesn't understand is, that's not going to make me go away. I mm. don't need, your permission or even your accreditation to do my job. I will keep doing it. It'll be more difficult. Fine. But I'll keep doing it. You know, you don't pay my salary. You don't tell me what to write. Good luck with that. I think all you need is, is, is oxygen. I think from, from some of our lessons as well, that all you need, Telford, is, is oxygen and the ability to, to write and engage your brain and objectively write about what you're seeing because that's what the public wants. They want an objective article. They know what you're all about. They've seen your articles. They know what you're capable of. And surely nobody that runs the business of cricket has any authority over that. Well, I think what's happening is is CSA haven't realized that they've lost a vast deal of credibility. And they don't seem to have realized that. They still want to, you know, put up this defensive wall against against any kind of criticism. They think that they have something to, to defend. And and honestly, they don't. They, they need people like us. We don't need them uh, in the media world. We do not need them. They need people like us. And they haven't realized that. And, you know, I'm not asking for any kind of special favors. But I am demanding that you get out of the way and let me do my job. 
All right, after the break, we'll chat to Sanaf and get their, their side of the story. Talfida, I'm not sure if there's anything I haven't touched on regarding your case. I know there's a lot that I would like to talk about, uh, but for now, thank you so much indeed for giving your side of the story. Cool. Thanks very much, Robert. Appreciate it. Craig Buzz, South Africa's correspondent there at one of the affected parties, Talfid Vice. All right, you got the version there from... Uh, Telford Vice, the Crick Bus South Africa correspondent. And uh, right now, though, we're going to be chatting to Sanef Executive Director Kate Skinner. Uh, Kate, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Good evening. The South African National Editors Forum has obviously sent out a very strongly worded um, letter saying that they strongly reject the attempts by Cricket South Africa uh, to intimidate journalists critical of the sports governing body by revoking their credentials uh, to cover the game at the country's major stadiums. At, at first, what was the initial reaction, though, from Sanef? I mean, here we are, it's December of 2019, and these look like some archaic type of approaches. Yeah, I mean, to me, we actually tried to engage with Cricket South Africa over the weekend um, to kind of find out what was happening because there's a whole kind of, um, you know, to and fro in terms of like, you know, did did these particular cricket journalists have accreditation, not have accreditation? And there was a kind of weird debate around the fact that, in fact, you know, Cricket South Africa was claiming that they did. Um, but then what happened this morning was that um, the CEO of Cricket South Africa then was, was, was talking on a, uh, on a radio station and basically stated quite clearly that, that um, you know, there were no technical glitches, there were no, uh, you know, issues uh, other than the fact that, that, in fact, some accreditations had been revoked because journalists were being too critical. So, of course, I mean, as Sanif, we came in very hard on that. Um, the issue for us is that it is really unacceptable. You cannot be saying that journalists, you know, accreditations are going to be revoked because they're being critical. That is the role of journalists, to be critical. Um, you know, not not to tell falsehoods, not to whatever, but, but to be critical, to look at the real problems and make sure that the general public really, truly understands what's going on. And so we were, we, we were, we were really um, quite stunned by that, I have to say. Yeah, because just to quote for those that might not have been following the story itself, uh, earlier in the day when Tabang Mori was on uh, Talk Radio 702, and I quote here saying that their access was revoked because we've been trying on numerous occasions to sit with them so that we can say, guys, we are not happy with the way that you're representing us in the public. Surely here there's a mistaken identity of what the role should be. These aren't PR agents of Cricket South Africa. Exactly. And I think, I think it's quite interesting because, um, you know, you're totally right. There is a sense that somehow or other, you know, journalists are supposed to be kind of part of a PR arm. Um, and that is absolutely not the role of journalists. The role of journalists is to give the unvarnished, you know, truth of what is happening, all the different angles, um, and when a, a particular institution is doing, a, um, you know, not a very good job, not operating optimally, then they've got to say it, and they can't say anything different. Um, and so, so Cricket South Africa's kind of view of these journalists is just, it's just, you know, uh, they, they've got it wrong. But what's what's the what's the worst sort of approach here, Kate, that can be taken with regards to cricket South Africa? Uh, because I mean, this kind of behaviour we, we cannot see in 2019, and and obviously as a public and as a general love of cricket of of sport, uh, generally this is not acceptable. I mean, do you call them over? What what's the worst that can happen to them? So 
I think, you know, I mean, it's interesting because people have sort of said, you know, like, um, you know, boycott them, etc. I, I mean, you know, our view is that what we need to do is certainly to, to meet with them. I mean, they, they've said that they want to meet with the various media houses, and I think that that's absolutely fine. But I think that what we, what we need to say, all of us, um, you know, collectively and singularly, is that, you know, this is the role of the media. Let, let's just be absolutely crystal clear what the media does. The media looks at issues as they see them, looks at all the angles, and does not in any way, um, you know, give a varnished, you know, a pretty sort of truth. If, if, if that's not there. Um, and I think that we need to just be absolutely clear, all of us, that this is, you know, this is the role of the media, and it's not what they, they seem to think it is. Um, and I also just quickly to say, yes. is that I think the issue with CSA is that, you know, Cricket South Africa, one of the reasons why I think cricket isn't doing as well, and why our cricket really have not performed is because they don't have an administration that is backing them up as it, as it, as it should. No, without a doubt. And, and, and you as SANF have also called on CSA to apologize to the journalists involved. What would inform an apology? Would it be a media statement, Kate? I mean, would it be them posting something on social media, on Twitter? As I read to Telford early on, I mean, there, there was just a statement that wasn't an apology, but maybe a lot of words. Yes. So, I mean, a genuine, heartfelt apology, apology that says we will never use accreditation uh, as, as, as something to punish you, you know, and, and revoking it because we feel you're not giving us good coverage is, is, is not acceptable. So a, a real heartfelt apology that basically states we welcome your genuine evidence-based criticism. And I think that would be, you know, the first step in, 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 in beginning to, to build a professional relationship between the media and CSA. All right. And I, I know that you've said in the, in the statement that you've released that you're going to be closely monitoring the situation. And without pushing much, Kate, from my side, um, is that if they fail to issue an apology, what further steps are you likely to take? So, I mean, I mean, I think that what we need to do is to give them that, you know, let, let's see. Let's see what they, they, they do. Let's not immediately say that they're not going to. Um, so we would assess it. If they don't give an apology, heartfelt, genuine apology, then, then, then we will certainly look at, at, the, at the next steps. But we, we, are, we are feeling at least at this stage that, you know, hopefully they will. Um, and they will take it from there if they don't. Can the public be rest assured, though, that with the presence of SANF, that we don't endure such ever again? Because this is almost draconian in many, many ways. I was trying to find uh, something. So many different articles as well. I mean, I saw an article early on. um, I should have found the author of it here. I think it was Rob Howing who was saying just how much more unsavory, incompetent, idiotic, unlovable and autocratic does Cricket South Africa's hierarchy have to get before it either implodes of its own accord or is given the heave-ho to uh, which is mounting lobby of horrified cricket people to clearly uh, or clearly their desires. So many cricket lovers and scribes, Kate, will be writing and saying what they're saying because they cannot believe what they're seeing right in front of their eyes right now. Yeah, no, completely. I mean, the thing is that, that we, we do take this incredibly seriously. I mean, you know, SANF has traditionally kind of looked, um, you know, at the news media and, and kind of done a lot of monitoring around that. But, um, you know, the issue around sport and because sport is 
such a critical, um, you know, uh, topic for all South, pretty much all South Africans. We're, we're seeing how unbelievably important sports journalism is. Um, and so it is, it is absolutely, you know, it is one of the issues that is top of our agenda. And we, and, and, you know, given how appalling this has been, um, you know, it is, it is something that, you know, when we say we're watching it closely, we, you know, the first step is the apology. If apology doesn't come, we, we, we will certainly, um, be, be looking at what the next step is then, uh, is then after that. So, so, so Janet is onto it and is seeing sports journalism as a whole as something which we have got to, to put a lot of attention on because it's so important to South Africans. I mean, we have a Graham Joffe who had to leave the country, who had to flee, who had to go and live yeah. in America because his life was threatened. He was writing openly about the Sascogs, including the CSAs, including the Sarus, including a lot of sporting mm. bodies. And they were hell-bent on trying to get him killed. I mean, I'll be as straightforward as that. His life yeah. was threatened because of that. He's written a book. He's not been able to come back to South Africa, Kate, and launch that book here publicly as he had hoped for because people have stopped that. The very same people who are directly <laughs> affected in the book that he's written. And for me, that's mm-hmm. what I find very, very disturbing is that this media freedom that people say they fought for, that people say that is there for all to see, actually isn't there. How does a guy have to leave a country because his life is threatened? Incredibly important topic that you, that you're, you're raising about about the, these kind of threats against journalists, and in fact, it's interesting because we have a Sanef launch um, an inquiry into ethics and credibility issues, um, and um, you know a retired judge, Cathy Satchwell, is actually heading that commission of inquiry, and because of what has happened with uh, you know CSA, and and also the the stories that you are mentioning now, I think that it would actually be something that would be very useful for the judge to actually have a look at is how are we, you know, how are these sports bodies suppressing or trying to capture journalists? What unethical behavior is happening? Um, and that, that we should actually get the judge to have a specific look at sports journalism, because her, her purview is really news journalism. But I think given the importance of sports in South Africa, is that she should actually look at that too. And the, the submissions actually, um, the new deadline is the end of January 2020. Um, and I would really encourage people to, to actually put submissions into uh, mm. that inquiry to have a, have a much, much greater and in-depth look at it. Because I think you're absolutely right. This is an area we have got to focus on. I mean, I just got a tweet now from Usbosesumkun who says, I've long maintained that our national team sports board bodies or boards or whatever and association tend to forget that the South Africa in their names is South Africa. Therefore, meaning the nation, meaning us. The people. And we've said on numerous times on the show, Kate, that, for example, if it's SAFA, the South African Football Association, and they take mm-hmm. things personally and they go block people on Twitter because they have been critical of that, you're not allowed to go and block them because they are dealing with a national body and a national association. We've criticized SARU, for example, South African Rugby mm-hmm. Union, right here mm-hmm. on the show. Then they turn around. They don't want to talk. They don't want to let their CEO come through and talk. They don't want their president to come and talk. They don't want this one and that one to come and talk. Why? Because we've asked the critical questions. I can go on and on and on. 
about how mm. sports bodies in this country really think that they're running their private and family businesses, whereas they aren't. They're representing that that is the flag, which is South Africa. And right now, Cricket SA are showing as an example of how the other bodies, and I'm glad you've mentioned the judge and the involvement of a commission of that, hopefully coming into effect, is that we can't allow this to carry on. Mm. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. And I think I think is you know that was also what we were talking about today. Um, you know, as Senate, with the issue that you know it's it's cricket South Africa which is under the spotlight at the moment. But you're absolutely right. We need to 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 look at all the different sporting bodies um, and make sure that they are administering the sport in the public interest. That is, and that is the role of journalists to make sure that that is in fact what's happening. That, that is one of the key roles of journalists. And, um, and if it's not happening, then we, we need to look very carefully at what to do about it. All right, uh, Kate, we're going to keep a very strong watch on this one. Thank you so much indeed. A very, very keen eye on it. Uh, thanks for joining us on MSW. Sure. Thank you very much. All right. That's Senate Executive Director there, Kate Skinner, uh, joining us on the line. Uh, give us your thoughts as well on it. 0605842250. All right. Just got video footage of him arriving in the Eastern Cape. Is back in the country. We'll come back to these issues that have to do with Cricket SA and everything else and give you time after the news for our Reaction Monday. So much to talk about. Obviously being described as uh, the year's biggest upset by international boxing publications. Zolani Tete losing out to John Real Casimero at the Arena Birmingham in England this past weekend. And he joins me on the line, having landed safely back in SA. Zolani, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Good evening, Putam, and thank you very much for having me on the show. Let me ask you, how are you feeling? You look very, very dazed. I was a bit worried there. Uh, everything okay with you? No, no, no. I'm, I'm very good. But, um, everything is fine. Uh, I'm just happy to be back home. Uh, whatever happened on the fight, it happened. But uh, what is important is the fact that I'm still, I'm still safe and I'm, I'm alive. All right. So, doctor gave you the all clear. You fine? No, he gave me all the all clear. Okay. Nothing is wrong with me. I'm, I'm just good. Yeah, hey, Baba, that, that, that's the thing. I, I didn't see it. I didn't even see where and how it came through. Uh, because initially, from where we were watching, the referee was kind of in the position of where the camera was. So we didn't see what happened. We just saw you kind of going down and we're like, wow, okay, you was a bit dazed. Um, for you, how would you describe that moment? Do you What do you recall of that? Barob, uh, I, I didn't even see the punch catching me now. Uh, but I could feel it that hey, 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 something caught me and my legs were gone. Hmm. And my eyes, I couldn't see and I couldn't hear anything. The only thing that was there in my mind was that, okay, I need to protect myself now. And I'm sure the referee maybe is about at five with his count. Because I could feel that I, I'm down on the floor. As I was trying to stand up and I could also feel that, no, my legs are not there. And I was trying to collect myself. At the same time, I'm trying to think maybe the ref is, is, is at about eight now trying to count me. And I need to say, no, I'm ready to hold on. But I could see, I could, I could feel that uh, my, my legs are gone, my eyes can't see, and I couldn't hear anything. Did you feel that you could? Because, I mean, you responded quite well to what the referee was trying to tell you to do. Um, you know, the glove reaction, everything you were able to respond to. But you're saying that 
it was difficult. You just knew that you needed to try and go on. Hopefully things might clear, but they didn't clear. It actually became worse. That's what I was hoping for. I just, I just wanted, the only thing that I needed to clear off was my legs and my eyes. Yes. My mind was there and I, I, I knew what to do because I was caught and definitely I was counted. So it means I was busy. I knew what to do when I was busy and, and the only thing I wanted was to get my balance again and get my eyesight. And I was, I was ready to continue for the fight. Uh, if you did see, he was trying to catch me with good punches, but they were not catching me because my defense was there. Yeah. Uh, but, but my legs, my legs couldn't carry me at all. I think it's a double that he gave you to the temple because when they showed the slow-mo, only then, from a reverse angle, were we able to see that it landed not once but twice to your temple yeah. on the right. Yes, yes, that's, that's where he caught me. And, you know, it's very hard for, for, for a boxer to recover from, from a punch that landed in the temple. It's very, very difficult. And as I was trying as hard as I can, you know, I knew for a fact that, you know, he caught me. And now the only thing that I need to do is to hold on. And I wanted to hold him, but I can't just go to him as if I want to hug him. I had, I had to defend myself because he, he was coming all out trying to knock me out. Mm-hmm. And, but, you and know, it happened so early in the in the round as well. You know, you can imagine if it was maybe towards the end of the round, uh, then you would have tried to play those games where you hold on and play for time so that you get a bit of recovery uh, when when they call for the round to be over. Of course, of course. If if it was in the later round, I mean, I, I could have I could have survived the fight. You know, because my mind was there. I knew the only thing that I need to do is to protect myself. But it was still early in the round, and 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 I, I, the fact that I couldn't see it was worrying me a lot. The fact that I couldn't hear anything, at least I could, I, I would, I would have done better if I could hear what my trainers were were shouting at me. Because of course they were shouting at me, but I couldn't hear anything from them, and at the same time I couldn't see anything. That is why uh, I couldn't do anything. What I tried on my own was not enough. All right, that day, if you don't mind, I, I know that you've got a busy time. You've just landed. Um, we're just going to take a quick news update, and then we'll just uh, quickly wrap up with you um, straight after that. Uh, chatting to uh, our champ is back on our shores again after that fight uh, with uh, Casemiro. 0605842250. Any questions that you want to pose to the champ, uh, feel free to do that. Hashtag NSW. Good evening, Mr. Rob. Uh, yeah, I'd like to say hard luck to Mr. Zolan. But you must always know that he's still our champ. You must just re- regroup and go and train again. He'll be back soon. Is Papa here at Porky. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Marao, Nicholas here. Uh, Mr. Marao, a question to, to the champ. Uh, 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 that, uh, if if it if it if it is by chance, will he request a rematch to this guy? Will he request a rematch to this guy and fight him again and knock him down? Thank you. Evening, Prarob. Tungubongani Sizani, Astex from Eastern Cape. Hey, Tibugale le fight Gazulan. Tiboni Lilzela. Le kwe Embedding, I 
You don't get more honest than that, Zolani, do you? Yeah. I believe Wongomdu Prarok is his head qualified. Yeah, I know. Very yeah. personally. Uh, we're looking forward to this win. But I can promise them one thing, Prarok. Uh, that title is going to come back. Uh, I know I've got a good promoter behind me, or Mr. Frank Warren. I've got a good manager with Tamla. Already there in talks uh, with with the Casimero camp and with the WPO president, Mr. Paco, uh, maybe to give us uh, a return match with the Casimero. I'm sure that would be around March or April next year, but uh, we'll hear from them when the convention is over because the convention is starting today. So definitely the title is coming back, Mr. So you you definitely up to the re- for a rematch. You know what, Zolani, let's be honest, man. I... I looked at the first two rounds. Those two rounds were yours. I was in control of the fight, Prabhup. Those two and, rounds, and they were yours. On that third round, I was starting to get on my rhythm because I could see that, no, there's nothing more that Ukasimero will do. He will only do this thing. And it's my job now to just do my, 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 my way of fighting and just prove to him that, you know, I am the champion and I will show you how I'm going to beat you. Because he, he, he didn't have anything to bring. He, whatever he was trying, he would cut it himself because he would see that I'm not giving him any angle. And he was trying to get over my jab, and my jab was well away, and it was all over his face. So he couldn't do anything. I was just about to start to get into my rhythm on that third round. And then he got lucky, and he caught me. I mean, if there's one thing I, I'm, you know, I can be critical of, and it's probably got nothing to do with you, is the fact that since October last year, Baba, you haven't really been able to have a, a, a fight of any nature. I know that in April you were supposed to fight uh, Udonne, uh, but then yeah. you had that uh, right shoulder injury which uh, left you unable to fulfill that fight. So you had to pull out of that fight. So almost a year, Baba, without uh, fighting. Yes, of course, it's, it's, it's a very long time, Prarob, for for a world champion not to be fighting in, in such a period of time. And of course, uh, at some point, I did feel that, you know what, I was away in this thing for quite a long time. I could feel myself in the first round, but hey, I'm still a little bit tight. And I was trying to loosen up. As I was getting to the second round, I was, I was, I was getting myself ready. But what I'm telling you is that on that third round, I was really getting to my rhythm. I was really getting into my rhythm. I'm, I'm sure his ancestors were, were praying for, for him not to get myself into my rhythm because uh, I was going to be a problem to Casemiro. Yeah, you could even hear it from the commentators as well who uh, expected a great deal from you. All right, let me take a couple of calls and then let me release you. Uh, champ uh, Usia is in PE. Good evening. Good evening, Prarop, and good evening to the champ. Uh, Prarop, uh, firstly, I must say, China, China, as, as, as people of Eastern Cape, in fact, the people of South Africa who, who love boxing, we are saying we still love you, Zolani. Um, we, we will never give up on you, Chap. 
if if I was still staying in East London, Jengbanding or Payamundi, then the Lio Kaulela champ, but because I'm facing PE now and Kwasanga, we still love you, champ, and, and we know in Doyoba you, you are going to do your best again. A quick question I've heard you talking about your rematch. Is there a rematch clause on the contract that you sign? Uh, secondly, um, this goes out to um, a question or a statement. I would love to have more boxing on, on the show. Um, would love to know more about boxing on the show, where you, you have e-promoters, where you have UPSA and, and, and other stakeholders and e-boxers, maybe before the fights, even, mm. even local fights. And, 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 and even if you have one day of boxing in a month, Sure. Since we have Wednesday and and, and, and and others, would love to have that so that epoxing we can also bring back epoxing to the spotlight as as Marawa nation nationwide. Thanks, love for All right. Noted, Baba. Thank you so much. A very good call, very positive as well. Uh, about the clause and the contract, uh, Zolani, do you have that as far as the rematch is concerned? Uh, uh, there is no clause uh, on this fight since he was the mandatory challenger. I'm sure if it was a voluntary defense, maybe things would have been different. But this one was a military, which is he was he was the interim champion, if you remember. Yes. So I had I had no choice but to fight him. But definitely uh, with the talks of his camp and my promoter, I'm sure something would come up definitely because my promoter as well is not happy with the way we lost the title. But he believes that the, this title is mine, and and there's a lot more that should be coming out of him out of that title. After taking this next call, I'll tell you exactly what you need to get back to doing again, champ, so that yes. we get this title back. Umanze um, Zulu, good evening, eh, Balfour? Good evening. Yeah, good evening, Barop. Hi, Spiri, let that do right one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I do I Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Baba. Very encouraging from a, a, a former boxer. Uh, Edward Tambor on Twitter says, uh, that is a real champ right there. No excuses, just humbly accepting defeat uh, from that Casemiro fight. This is the type of champs and sportsmen that we need in our country. Salute to you. You remember the time where they were taking you away from the Eastern Cape and they were bringing you up to, to Joburg to train? And yeah. you were staying Lapagu, Mr. Spoton's house, and you were away yeah. from the family and the demands yeah. that the family might put on you. But it yeah. didn't happen this time. Do you think yeah. you want to go back to the way that you were doing it and doing it successfully so that you focus solely and 100% on the fight? I think that's something that we'll sit and talk about as a team. Uh, maybe we, we should do what we do best, you know, which is to make sure that our camp secluded and definitely uh, go back to Joburg. But uh, we had a, a great camp, I don't want to lie. Preparing for this fight, we prepared very well. We have done everything uh, to make sure that on, on, on that night we will be victorious. But it, it, it happened within a blink of an eye. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I might have lost the WPO title, but it still remains. And the hunger of being a champion still remains with me.
So definitely next year, Ozelane once again will become a world champion. And, and, and I can tell you one thing, I will be a multi-champion. Multi-champion? Yeah, yeah. So not just uh, getting back your WBO bantamweight crown? Not just a WBO. I will continue with my route. Mother. What will be the ultimate for you in 2020? 2020 is to get my title and, and unify the division and definitely bring back the WPC. It's been a while since we never had a WPC title back at home, brother. Yes. And I was, I was, I was just a step away from, from fighting for the WPC title because the champion was also open for a unification bout. So I believe now that he saw me losing, I'm sure he'll be like, okay, Utebe can be beaten. So why not? Let me, let me give him a chance because some of them wanted to fight me, but they didn't want to fight me. But I believe uh, next year, Prasop, everything, everything that God has planned for me, it will definitely happen next year. I truly hope so. A lot of people are behind you. A lot of people were hurt. I think it, it, it took <laughs> over 30 minutes um, after it happened because I couldn't believe what I had just seen, you know, because I, I know and I've seen so many of your fights and um, it's never been like that. And... Like the previous message said, you know, hey, we go strong, man. And it's just a strong, man. You're so strong, I'm saying, but it's just a strong. It's strong, but a true champion needs to adjust and adapt in situations as well. You need to take a loss as a loss. You need to stand up and look forward. You know, the future is still bright for us. And uh, let me leave you with a tweet here from Ubongani Mapela, who says. Uh, Zolani Lasbon dead, they must go back to the drawing board, regroup and bounce back. I know Lasbon is a winner, he's a champ, and I believe him, and he'll get his title back. We believe in him. So, Abandu, 100%, Bob. They, they, they're fully, fully behind you. And I want to thank you so much. Welcome back home. Thanks, Thanks so much, Tataman. Stay strong. Thanks, All right. Evening, Prarob. Tungbongani Sizani, Astex from Eastern Cape. Hey, Tibugale le fightiga Zulan. Tiboni Lilzela. Le kwekwe. Embetengayo. Hey, Divelenda Pshongo man praro. Because Galogo, Uzulan besum tembega cool. Besum tembega cool. And Kanganti Kolele di tenukweka. If Royam di tembeskat. Ayu Zolani matoto kano yenza kalo kulendo makanga fumi Ini matoto Zolani Tuchipa prarobi ye indo tusile makanga nilinde ya ndobalendoana Ina mvele lefting all shobo haa haa Makafuni rimechi manlendoana Zolani abia telendoana matoto Zolani funi rimechi manu bia telendoana mfontinji Ini matoto Nkosi prarobi Awe fumene tete All right, we can take some of your reaction uh, before we say goodbye to you at the bottom of the hour. Uh, a lot happening up uh, in Egypt. I can safely tell you that much. Already report saying that uh, Mitro Shredovich has parted ways uh, with uh, Zamalek as head coach effective immediately. Uh, that's according to Asha Komogisha, all the way from Uganda. Uh, I believe that things were just not right. You know, I've been following and tracking this thing down for the past couple of days. And, uh, uh, yeah, 
I think the players have been coming through in support of Micho. Uh, the players have not been paid for something like four months. Imagine, one of the richest clubs, but they've not been paying their players. But the players went on social media over the weekend in full, full support of the coach. I think one of the senior players actually decided to uh, pack his bags and say he, he's out of here, he's had enough. But it was not about whatever the coach was purported to have been doing. So Hamdi Naguez announcing his departure from Zamalek. He terminated his contract for non-payment of salaries for four months. As you know that the FIFA regulations and uh, do insist though, that a player can terminate his contract with a club for non-payment of salaries for at least three months. So maybe that's a regulation that a lot of players here in South Africa need to um, start knowing about. They don't have to be beholden to all of these thugs that don't pay them. So yeah, Namdi, Naguez, gone. But overall though, you got players from all walks of life. Mustafa, Mohammed, saying all the players support Coach Micho. And they are staying behind his back. Mamudala says all the players support Coach Micho and they are staying behind his back. Tarek Hamid also supporting him. Mohammed Antar also fully support. Shikabala, number seven, also in full support of him. And so on and so on. But it just looks like it had reached a point where, yeah, it's just an unbelievable collapse of the mighty Zamalek. Mr. Marawa is here in Sasselbeck. I like to congratulate Liverpool for their victory. Televisually, so Pasakaki, Lumamelodi Sundowns to win who have Champions League. Uh, I think this year or this season, Liverpool is going to take this cup. This cup belongs to Liverpool this season. They were champion football. Liverpool. I rap, I rap, indeed the teams didn't live up to standard. They were boring, you know, the weekend was boring. I even fell asleep watching one of the games, especially the one yesterday, Amazon and, and Marispec United. It surprises because the very same Marispec United was on another level when they played Kaza Chiefs. And they threatened all the time. They they went towards the goalpost, but yesterday that was non-existent. So yeah, I don't know what's happening. But these teams they need to raise their game. Good evening to you, Mr. Marrow and MSW team. Prarop, tonight is the night in France, Paris. I see none other than Lionel Messi winning the award for the sixth consecutive time. I say congratulations in advance to you, Lionel Messi. You are the best, will remain the best, we're gonna miss you when the time for you to retire has come. Mbazo in Kanana, I thank you. 
Evening Marawa. I am happy Arsenal got rid of Unai Emery. Hopefully the the coming manager will pay will play Lucas Torreira. He's a very good defensive midfielder and that guy didn't play him at all. I don't know what what was he thinking. I'm not surprised they said him. He was just out of ideas from the very first go he came to the team. Thank you. This is Jeff in Soshanguvi. Uh, evening, evening, Mr. Marawa. Uh, my reaction is the game uh, for Mamelodi Sundowns. I played on Saturday night. Uh, Sundowns played well. They showed that they are the champions, African champions, South African champions. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Marawa. It's Malumbe production here. Yeah. Evening, Mr. Marawa. Uh, for me, there's nothing much to reflect on with the football displayed and the draws that happened. But I just have one thing to mention. I always look forward to 6 o'clock on a weekday because of this show. And I don't know what I will do without these intros that you put. Uh, these intros that you have, they just take me from one level to another. So big up to MSW and the crew and everyone involved in the background. You guys are doing a wonderful job. That's my reaction of the Monday. That's Kulani. Thank you. All right, thank you so much for that reaction. A very busy uh, news day it has been, maybe sometimes extremely sad in South Africa. I think if you've been watching social media as well, uh, the, the the shooting that happened in, in Menlin, uh, the shooting as well in the Eastern Cape. I think so much is really... South Africans, yeah, I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, but Aibong, uh, I was standing by. Justice is standing by. So we're going to be letting you know what's happening on the business front, though. Tongad Hewlett. Is that another Steinhoff? Indeed. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> Robert. And uh, it seems there what uh, many people have referred to as accounting irregularities. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on who you listen to, really downright fraud. Uh, the uh, chickens might be coming home to roost there for the guys um, who not only give us sugar, but who are also behind uh, the development there in Zimbali. It seems that they are coming after uh, some of their former directors there, including their long-standing CEO, Peter Stauder. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think the landscape as well has changed there. What used to be sugarcane fields are offices as well as mm-hmm. high-ranking uh, Holiday homes. I'm sure you got a couple of those holiday homes there. Indeed, indeed. And uh, I guess the big bone of contention here, even uh, in uh, their statements that they've uh, put out in their results, which they've had to review, has to do with how they've been, uh, I guess, accounting for some of their property investments. It's quite difficult to, uh, you know, account on the one hand for your sugar cane plantations and then in the same set of books uh, also include some of your property valuations. And it seems this time around Mm. uh, the uh, property has been what... Uh, they've been, uh, I guess, uh, over-accounting for. And uh, as I said earlier on, uh, chickens coming home to roost. All right. Uh, data prices. Wow. That's the big one of the day. Eh? Definitely. Definitely, Robert. And we're going to be touching on that uh, for our business wrap this evening. And we're also going to be catching up with the commissioner of the Competition Commission. Tim Mingosi Bonagel is going to join us after half past eight this evening to speak about uh, this uh, particular uh, data services market inquiry report, which was released today, and which is finding that uh, uh, the profitability and even the pricing strategies of many of our telecoms players point to anti-competitive behavior. And it seems here that this might not be the last inquiry that is undertaken with one on excess.
excessive pricing uh, set to follow this one. And mobile operators could face prosecution if they don't drop prices. Well, they got to in at least the next two months because it's unbelievable how much they charge here for data. Now, one wage campaign was, what's that all about? So, uh, Robert, uh, the national minimum wage came into effect earlier on this year. And uh, one of the things that um, I guess was flagged in that process, which is a process I was quite close to, uh, was uh, whether or not the expanded public works program should be included uh, in the level determined there, which is at 20 rand an hour. And uh, the decision that was arrived at at that point in time was to exclude uh, the EPWP, where wages rage around 11 rand an hour or so. It seems now that uh, this campaign from uh, the uh, One Wage, uh, which is a coalition of worker rights organizations, is suggesting that uh, there be equalization of uh, all of these minimum wages and that people that uh, benefit from public employment schemes like the Expanded Public Works Program and the Community Works Program should be earning the national minimum wage. Fantastic show ahead. Aya, thank you so much indeed, Metro FM. Thank you so much. Catch up to you guys tomorrow. Right, if you're on Radio 2000, of course, uh, we make way for Just Ice. All the cricket, he kind of looks like uh, a retired former bowler. Or a wicketkeeper, I don't know, one of the two. But looking forward to his show. A bit missing the kind of music that he dishes out here, but stand by for that and a whole lot more with Just Ice.